welcome to the Indian Cycling Podcast brought to you by the Bike Affair. I'm your host Harsha, and this is your co-host Gokul. So we have a slightly shorter episode today. Uh, first, we will talk to Siddharth Bachlu, who is a PBP finisher, and uh, we got some really nice uh, conversation with him because he finished exactly with eight minutes to go. for uh, the cutoff time so you have to finish uh, the ride of 1200 kilometers in 90 hours and he finished at uh, 89 hours 52 so we have siddharth bachlu with us and uh, he will always be remembered as the guy who at 869 kilometers sent out a photo of himself drinking beer to everyone and effectively that set the whole of the indian cycling community on fire in one photo because everybody was struggling everybody else was complaining everybody else was dropping out it was cold it was tough here was this guy drinking beer showing off bachlu <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself first of all i didn't even realize that there was that that kilometers well i just took the photo it 60 kilometer and I, i didn't know it was at the place on fire i have no idea but I was just happy. I was happy being there. It's just that I knew it was be a tough ride, so I kept talking to the people, and it, it eventually kept me happy. And when the people, the supporters are cheerful, you can find some happiness in, during the tough times. So yeah, that that was that's what the logic behind the photo. And there was a guy from Romania who told me you should try the beer that's good. I tried it, and you know, then, then I took the photo as well. So I was having a good time. It was tough doing that, but I was having a good time as well. To be very frank, to you, I was enjoying. talking to different people even though they didn't understand anything i was saying it was fun talking to different nationalities it was always fun all suffering together so yeah so it's one thing to suffer and succeed but it's another thing to actually have a good time and you did that siddharth and uh, we just want to know uh, what what you did to actually get to pvp like what what are all the things that you did to qualify for pvp okay so uh, thought of pvp came to me a little late than most riders since you required to be a, like suppose so it happens once in four years so this was 2019 so to qualify for pvp or to register for pvp you have to at least have a super end in your series in that present year so if it's 2019 happening in august so from the 2018 19 calendar year from i think october 2018 till the current one so you have to be a super engineer from 200 kilometers 300 400 and 600 kilometer official odex rides you have to complete that and in the previous year like 2017 18 you have to not be an sr but at least have some rides in your uh, in your official uh, you know uh, odex side uh, to at least complete so that you can pre register it's something like uh, sr is mandatory but to make sure you are first in the list to register the previous one also comes into the picture so if you do an sr there as well like the maximum right like 600 or even 1000 there your chances of qualifying or be to being in the list for pvps must have much higher because the pre registration opens early for the people who have done the maximum right from the previous to previous year so this year you have to be an sr the previous and suppose if somebody had did a 1000 he will get preference in the registering process then it will be for the 600 one then 400 then 300 then 200 and then there is no one so after that it finishes basically 
you need to have some rides at least two year prior to that so that you are on the list as well. You can register something like that. Now I actually remember meeting you about uh, I think either in early 2018 or late 2017, and uh, I remember you uh, at at that time I was wondering if I should buy a road bike for myself, and I remember okay. you telling me that uh, you did an SR effectively on a decathlon uh, bike which cost you about yes. ten bucks, and yes. I remember thinking. This guy is just really, he, he, he just really likes riding because it doesn't matter which cycle, it doesn't matter what the weather is, it doesn't matter what uh, event it is, he just likes riding. And I just really took that and, you know, again, going back to the bear photo, that just reaffirms it, that you just like riding, you just like having a good time. And inside you, there is this really tough guy who can take all the suffering. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. I remember the rock. I still have that wheat pin cycle, and I did almost my sorry, I couldn't finish my 600, like it was almost there, but yeah, I did that. So, yeah, that was tough. And uh, you're right about the suffering, but it, there is something inside me when things are very tough, it's something it clicks me, like, something triggers inside me that I have to do it. If it's easy, sometimes it gets a little easy, something triggers me from the inside. If it's tough, I have to do it, yeah. And it, it was the right that only those kind of people will do it. You have to have something triggered so to do it. So, yeah, I do enjoy my fair share of rights. So, yeah, yeah right on that part. Uh. Okay, so, tell us about the ride experience you had because this was by all accounts one of the toughest PVP and also one of the toughest marquee races. Uh, sorry, uh, Marky uh, Randall Ring event. And, uh, you know, just tell us about how you went through this. Okay, so first thing which always people worry about randonneering is will there be enough support? And believe me, you will not get a better support well, a support system like this throughout the ride, in the nights, in the morning, every time. Being in France in general, uh, like, the community overall is super friendly. They know what the riders go through. They actually enjoy it like a proper sport, which we don't get back. That kind of like support or the love we get from the people here is extremely, extremely good. And we don't get back, that back in India. So, yeah. So, that part, it says it's an unsupported ride. But there's so many locals out of like offering you stuff, drink, drinks, water, coffee. They know people need coffee or coke or something sweet. So, they have those specific food. And almost like every 50 kilometers, every 100 kilometers of a checkpoint. And inside, in between those as well, the local people, everywhere you could assume that if you are in trouble, you'll find something. And most of them was for free. Forget the checkpoints, but the people offering stuff, that was for free. So you could actually, you know, consume a lot of stuff. So the support we had, it was great. Uh, it says unsupported, right? But it really wasn't. If you think in those terms, there were people helping you out. So that is a very good fact. And uh, in general, if you talk about the ride experience, uh, it's like it, it, it's four long days and four long nights and you just have to make sure from my perspective that till the last night you're in the game basically to finish it. That was my goal. After the first night, I realized it's going to be tough. So I wanted to make sure that till the last night, till 22nd, till that night, I need to be in the game. I need to be in contention to finish it. That was my goal. So I just keep riding. And once you are there like like five hours away or 100 kilometers, away, then you can, you know, like 
put all your chips you know on in the one basket and just go for it and that's what i did when i realized like i had around 100 km in the last 5 hours i just filled my bottles put put some like and had a few gels here and there and then just just went for it no stop nothing checkpoint done checkpoint done nothing i didn't stop for food nothing i just went for it in the last last in a full full steam i had zero breaks in the last hundred full steam i went there that you can do so that's the thing i kept like i made sure i was in the contention till the last day because there are four long races if you if you like uh, like give a lot in the middle or the second day first day it never matches out in the end it it always does so i made sure i was in the game in the last last uh, what do you call last 5 6 hours and and then i went for it overall if you talk about the ride well uh, it was good uh, like uh, you just need to make sure you're eating proper food a lot of people i see were just having sandwiches and all you need to have proper food even in it wastes a little of your time at checkpoints i i know a lot of people do not like wasting time on checkpoints you know because it can take a little more time than the usual stuff you get but you need proper food you need proper warm food at that time so you you got to use that so i i used those all those checkpoints correctly i had proper food no matter you know what was the food and it was different from what we get here and this is one of the things which people need to you know to think about while doing events outside they need to know what kind of food is served there and get used to that of people say it's it's difficult for vegetarians it isn't if you see what is on the table you might you do not have to like that food in order to consume it you just have to make sure it's good for you and just eat it as simple as that so i i like four five days i was in france prior to this event i made sure i ate all the food there was which was related to paris here and there so i got used to it so when once i was there i didn't have any issues eating anything i am a non vegetarian so it really doesn't matter to me i have i have a lot of options to eat but in general i had a lot of pasta and other things which you not come across to here back in india but then i ate them well before the event i made sure i was eating those only so that my stomach is used to that and i know which ones suit me and which one don't some just don't suit you so something like that you just have to get a use that it does not you know <coughs> uh, upset your stomach so uh, that that as a food part i think which it, it's very critical because only food will keep you going for that long nothing else you cannot survive on bars or gel you need proper food in engineering and that's what i had till the last moment uh my strategy is people you know plan a lot and everything my simple is you need to have a maybe an hour at best in hand just in case of any mechanical issues and just keep riding and make sure you're feeling good constantly feeling good if you're not feeling good it's it's not it's not worth the effort so i kept talking to the people i met on the streets i learned a few french you know words here and there i kept talking to everyone so it it makes you feel good you're a different place you just cannot simply ignore the people walking by because they you know So receive that response and they respond back. It's not like uh, back in India we don't, but here they are basically your supporters. They're cheering you up. So you would love to talk to them back. So make sure I talk back, and it, it it generates a good feeling. And when you have that good feeling around, you are in a good zone, although you are suffering. So I constantly had that good zone coming up. When you talked about the photo of the beer, that was I wanted to be in that good zone so that the feeling is good overall. And once that is there, you, you you're gonna finish. You're gonna finish. So I had to make sure I, I was in a happy zone in spite of all this stuff. So one of the things that uh, I was starting to get nervous towards the end was that uh, in the last uh, the last checkpoint when you reached there there was around two hours forty minutes for you to reach the end and yeah. I was looking at pe- people who already finished and they all took around three hours I was kind of wondering will he really be able to do it because it's the last forty kilometers. 
It's about two hours, 40 minutes left for him. Can he do it? Can he do it? And you finished in uh, with about eight minutes to spare. So yeah. imagine for the listeners, uh, I just want you to imagine that you've been riding for 90 hours and there's only eight minute gap towards the end between you and, uh, you know, basically somewhat something like failure. It's not really failure, but still yeah. something of a piece. Um, did you think about that? Did you just uh, did you just shut that out? What, what did you? I, I'll tell you two things exactly. First things, just to brag a little. I know I finished eight minutes before time. That could have been ten. I kind of lost my way at Rambule when I almost got to the <laughs> end point. I took a wrong turn and I had to take a whole circle, like five kilometers extra, to get back to the time. So believe me, I would have finished twenty minutes earlier. So it's not supposed to be eight, obviously. So I did because I know how much effort I put. So that is that. Second of all, and yeah, you're talking about the time. Yes, I knew that it was around, uh, that checkpoint was around, I think, 45, 46 kilometers. And I had two hours, how much I had, I don't know, two hours, 40 minutes, something like that. Something, I don't remember the time exactly. But somewhere around two, two and a half hours I had. And I knew, so I get, I think, drugs for the checkpoint. So I just filled my water in it, put some electrolytes, and that's it. Nothing else. I had a, what do you call it? I had three burgers, not burgers, three sandwiches in the back pockets of my of my jersey and I kept eating them during the ride only and uh, I knew I had to go all in so I cannot tell you what I well, to be very frank to you I was just groaning in pain like like when you play tennis and you play really hard and you see the people grunting right and you the, the people grunt a lot while hitting the shots it was happening to me as well so during that next 50 kilometers I was just grunting and grinding and I didn't stop it was it might have been hills or something I was just grinding so hard because I really badly wanted that because I was so near and it was just the last leg. I, I didn't want at that point to be late. So I know it was going to be touch and go, but I was just, just, just bent way too hard on it. And I knew I, I had in me to finish it. So yeah, those last 50 were very, very hard because if, if you talk about 15, two and a half hours, it's not a big deal any day. But after doing almost 1200 kilometers and then you have to sprint off, oh, man, it was, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. So, uh, what was the weather like? Because a lot of people were complaining that it was unusually cold. Yeah. So, uh, f- first night was bearable, but it was still very cold. But but the nights were very cold. I think I didn't get the temperature, but from what I heard from the people back in Hyderabad, I was talking to them. It was like around two degrees, two to three degrees, which is extreme cold. Because when you ride, you feel a little more cold because of the winds and everything gets to your body. So, it was extreme cold in the night. Believe me, it was. I, my native is from a very cold place. I come from Jammu Kashmir, so I'm a little used to it. But still, it was very, very cold when you're riding. It's very cold. So even you have had the full gloves and the warmers and everything, it was still cold. And uh, the thing which hit about the cold was the worst part is, like, suppose you have to take a little 10-minute power nap, like in between, check when something, you find a small place. It's difficult to take a nap in such cold. And once you start again, your body is cold again, and it starts shivering. That is the problem. If you're riding constantly, you feel cold, but it will not be that tough. But once you stop for five minutes, it becomes extremely cold later because your body is cooled down now. And that is where it really kicks in. It affects you a lot. It becomes very uncomfortable to ride. So, uh, what I, if you want my suggestion on the cold part, obviously I didn't have all the gloves. I didn't have, I only had the half gloves and everything. But one thing I have thought about cold in general is 
if you think it is cold it will be much more cold you do not think about that you think it's okay and it will be okay that's how it is if you think it's getting cold 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 in mind in, in your mind you will think it's it's much more colder you simply just shut that now i i just completely shut that off it, it's not that cold and that's how it works for me i told it to a few as well do not think it is cold if you think it is cold i'm damn sure you'll feel that it's going to be much more colder than it is so yeah so for the first three days that was very cold and surprisingly on the fourth afternoon it went very hot i thought i'll you know get some speed up and you know cover up some distance in the morning or morning and afternoon because the weather is generally nice not hot as well not cold as well but on the fourth i don't know the temperatures but it was hot because it was really hot i had to fill up my bottles a lot more frequently than i did in the first three days so yeah because i know i have a few sunburns here and there on my arms it was hot the fourth the fourth day also surprised us so yeah the conditions changed a lot and it rained but it it wasn't that much of an issue like i think the first night or second first i think second day i think first half it did rain a bit but that wasn't anything major it was not a downpour it was a slight drizzle only so it didn't have any major effect but the cold did did take out a lot of people it, it was extremely cold uh, one last question how many hours did you sleep over that 90 hour period while you were riding i still am yet to calculate that but i can tell you for one thing i didn't sleep for more than 30 minutes anywhere it was never more than 30 minutes and i remember only 30, 30 minutes naps only twice everything else i think for me was a power nap what else so i'll say if you're talking specifically about sleeping um i'll say close to two two and a half hours something like that something like that over the period of 90 hours i think so everything else was 10 15 minute power naps i'm yet to calculate it i never calculated on that basis but now that i know that i only took two major naps of half an hour it should be somewhere in the region between 2 to 3 hours not more than that there's no way it crosses 3 so something between 2 2 and a half and 3 something like that and that too everything was a power nap 15 minutes and that's it 15 minutes and that's it. that's it something like that so i didn't sleep for the first 24 or 28 hours after that i started sleeping only sirdar thank you for talking to us really really admire you and what i always admire is not just finishing or but it's you know or communicating to everyone that you're having a good time and you really did that and really just for that i should say i really admire you uh, thanks a lot hasha thanks for this kind but really appreciate you as well getting back to me and it's good to you know talk to somebody back from home and seeing how big it was i should be back soon in india i think i'll be back in the second week of september so let's let's see that's going to be good cool uh, thanks a lot sir uh, thanks a lot hasha thank you thank you so uh so that was siddharth bachlu great right great guy uh gokul do you want to tell us about the other big thing that happened over the last week which was the uci world track junior track uh, championships in germany and uh, india did pretty well there uh yes uh, india are the world champions in the uci uh, junior uh, team sprint uh Uh, the team sprint is a team of three riders so we are the world champions we won gold and uh, in addition to that uh, uh, our uh, golden boy iso won a couple of more medals in other events individual events as well so that is quite a remarkable achievement um, in fact as we are talking now iso uh, uh, has qualified for the asian track uh, senior championship which is going to be held in uh, uh, 
uh, india in the track uh, indoor track at delhi so hopefully he will get some more uh, uh, gold medals there so this is the first time that uh, uh, we have a uh, we are doing so well and of course it's been this team has been producing fantastic results uh, it's very heartening to know that i hope they continue and take this to the next level for the benefit of the listeners i'll explain the format of the team sprint uh, it is quite different from the running uh, relay race in the sense that uh, the uh, the riders in a team may may ride together in the sense that three people three riders start together the first rider peels off after the end of the first lap only two riders continue and the second rider uh, comes off after the end of the second lap and the third rider would go on to finish the race so uh, just like a pursuit the team start together on opposite ends of the track and uh, the team that crosses the line first is the winner so uh, and it is very important that the the anchor or the person who completes all the three uh, laps has to be very good in endurance as well because uh, uh, he has to continue at that pace for uh, three laps this is uh, the, there are times where around the 44 second mark so um, uh, three laps of uh, 200 meters each of the indoor track Okay, so it it's not just the team event where we won the gold. Iso won two other medals in individual events. One was the men's sprint, where he won the silver, and in the Karen sprint he won bronze. So this is effectively turning into an Iso show now, in the sense that he is head and shoulders above uh, everyone else. And uh, frankly, I hope it keeps going. Uh, let's see what more he can do uh, during the asian track uh, that happens in uh, delhi next month so um uh, uh, i'm trying to draw a parallel between what's happening with remco ivanapol uh, uh, again uh, for the benefit of the listeners he is a young prodigy from uh, belgium on the road cycling uh, circuit and uh, he he did something remarkable last year in the road uh, junior championships wherein he had a mechanical or something like that and he was uh, quite behind the group he caught up and went ahead and you know soloed to victory and uh, he skipped the under 23 and directly joined uh, a pro team and he is uh, racing and uh, he is the next big hope of uh, belgium and uh, Uh, he's been doing very well actually there was a lot of uh, uh, talk about whether it is right to uh, get remco into the uh, the elite circuit so early skipping the under 23 circuit and uh, he has actually proved uh, uh, that to be a good gamble and he's been doing well so who knows uh, is to may follow the same path yeah yeah it's certainly possible and um... and and i want to uh, and we actually have uh, one more announcement we wanted to make which is that uh, we have a new facebook page for the indian cycling podcast so if you 
if you don't use uh, apple podcast app and you still want to leave some good reviews for us please leave it there if you have some questions any comments concerns please leave it there and we have a new t-shirt which is also on the facebook page so if you want to get the t-shirt uh, please try and uh, reach out to the bike affair or uh, leave us a message on the facebook page and uh, we'll reach out to you and uh, google as you know we spent a lot of time designing the t-shirt thinking about it actually uh, getting it now and wearing it seems uh, nice so um uh, what do you think of the t-shirt i thought it was very slick very cool you know very trendy i could use a lot of other metaphors yeah it is uh, it, uh, it does uh, for me uh, whenever i think of a cycling podcast i, I the immediate uh, visage that comes to me is uh, 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 the movie uh, annamalai in tamil wherein uh, rajni uh, rides a tip, actual doodwala cycle he is a doodwala in the movie and he has a transistor radio uh, tied to the handlebar so i i this uh, this uh, t-shirt actually reminds me quite a lot about that and you know brings a lot of good memories and it has a very good song as well uh, in association with that <laughs> yeah but we have uh, something more we have like a very slick t-shirt uh, we have some really cool colors and uh, we actually have the designer uh, talk to us uh, her name is neerja she went to Uh, national institute of design for college and uh, she helped us out and uh, designed this t-shirt for us uh, so we have this great t-shirt and we approached neerja to design a t-shirt for us and i will admit that the only other designer who i would have been comfortable with doing this task was uh, apple's johnny ive but uh, he is right now transitioning uh, from uh, apple to a company called from love um really lame name by the way uh, so that uh, i gave that feedback to johnny and he didn't like it and uh, he suggested neerja and neerja after iterating many many times uh, i think we have a really unique design <laughs> can you tell us uh, what this design represents hi asha thanks <laughs> thanks for making me a backup option <laughs> right yeah but let's be fair okay you are you are a backup to johnny ive i think that's okay yeah yeah and i'm happy to be his backup yes yeah, yeah that's a life well lived okay <laughs> so firstly congratulations on your uh, podcast i think it's a brilliant idea there are very rare stories that people should hear especially in a cricket obsessed country of ours um when it comes to the design i first heard all the podcasts and the stories and i was completely inspired by that and the only thought i had in my mind was limitless like people who cycle want to enjoy they want to feel the wind they want to experience the joy you know so it's a very it, it's a high on emotion kind of thing and therefore what i did was take the cycle out of the box and made it limitless right and added some very active and trendy colors to it so that it it shouts uh you know in, in both white and dark backgrounds that hey look i 
I love, I enjoy what I'm doing and I love it. So yeah, that was the idea behind it. So cyclists are generally known to wear flashy clothes uh, as tight as possible to keep the wind out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and uh, i see that the colors and the fonts you used a lot of thought went into this and uh, uh, i i was constantly telling you about what i don't want <laughs> but when you said what do you really want and then i wasn't very helpful to you <laughs> yeah that's very typical it's not a problem um, but it's a good way of approaching design uh, where you don't know what you want and you're willing to go on the iterative ride um, because to be honest design starts with ambiguity and designers make sense of this ambiguity and they come up with something that creates impact at the end of the day that that resonates with the people uh, and the vision of the brand especially and so i'm glad that you know the bright bold sporty limitless option is what you guys were looking for yeah and and also i i think we were sort of on the right wavelength in the sense that uh, you you kind of got what we were going for and yeah. uh, the the bright colors which you know most cyclists prefer bright colors also yeah, as I... kind of a functional thing because you kind of want to have bright colors because who knows you're on the road for 3 or 4 hours a day you don't you... want to get hit yeah, yeah exactly so there is a practical aspect to it and Correct, you yeah. know you're out there you may as well look good right so <laughs> I, I, yeah. I i thought you really got that and you put in a lot of effort to identify the colors the fonts uh, can you tell us a little bit about that so basically uh, because it's a podcast the font that we use is uh, a new sort of sans serif font and it talks about uh, how to uh, because yours is mostly audio so it talk, it font is supposed to talk about how you are capturing stories and presenting it to people so that was the idea behind the font or type as we call it in graphic design language and the colors that we've used are green red uh, basically these are the primary colors that should look bright and nice on a dark background as well as a white background that i was very particular about because like you said you cyclists like flashy clothes but a lot of them like to wear like white or black because it's very easy to find such clothes right and you wanted it to be printed on a t-shirt very specifically so it needs to be seen from a great distance as well so that was the whole constraint box that i was working around with so we at the indian cycling podcast uh, sincerely appreciate your skill and your patience and all that you've put up with from our side <laughs> Uh, no, you thank you for doing this and has the podcast compelled you to take your cycle out and go for a spin well i live in bangalore right um, and it may have inspired me but uh, definitely the roads and the dust outside doesn't <laughs> <laughs> but we do have a cycle uh you know which is there in our house and the only thing i do is right now dust it and clean it so maybe something <laughs> especially when you send a t-shirt to me maybe i'll wear that no, yeah i i promise when you wear that t-shirt and you yeah. ride you, you i mean people will turn their heads i'm sure of this yeah yeah the indian cycling podcast i'll be your brand ambassador <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely yes okay thanks a lot niru Thanks thanks Harsha thanks for giving me this opportunity as well I really enjoyed working on this Thank you Okay so this was great and uh, if you're interested in getting the t-shirt 
please again reach out to the bike affair or uh, leave a message to us on facebook and uh, we'll make sure you get you uh, we'll make sure to get you the t-shirt and uh, this was a great episode a uh, slightly shorter one but uh, hopefully next episode we'll have uh, something uh, something longer something more uh, you know the audience is used to a bird told me that it is actually three times longer next time yes it will be uh, so since he, so i'll just give a little bit of preview where uh, in the next episode uh, we will be talking to gokul and uh, dr kaustub mule who is a famous triathlete from uh, hyderabad and uh, gokul and uh, kaustub are going to be hosting uh, a triathlon training camp next uh, month in goa in preparation for goa triathlon so gokul uh, can you tell us the details so that if anyone wants to reach out to you the the camp is in the second week of uh, september uh, at goa and uh, this is going to uh, go through the same running and uh, cycling uh, track as the goa ironman which is going to happen a month later in october so anybody who is looking at uh, uh getting uh, familiarized with the uh, route uh, of goa do reach out to us. we will put the link in the show notes uh, the event is available on facebook uh, page of the bike affair so thank you gokul for being here i think uh, we'll see you next week with a deep dive into triathlons yes we will uh, and um, hopefully we'll come up afloat <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay bye guys bye